Welcome to Rise and Shine, the podcast dedicated to women in home building who are ready to rise professionally and shine personally. I am your host, Abby Cornelius, and I am thrilled to embark on this empowering journey with you. Together, we're going to dive into the world of leadership, sales, mindset, results, and corporate climbing, all tailored to the unique experiences of women in this industry. Whether you're a seasoned pro or you're just starting out, Rise and Shine is here to provide you with actionable insights, inspiring stories, and expert advice to propel you forward in your career and illuminate your personal growth. So if you're ready to break some barriers, conquer challenges, and redefine success on your own terms, you are in the right place. It's time to rise, it's time to shine, and it all starts right here. Let's get started. All right, today I have a very special guest. I have been trying to get Miss Megan Geyer on this podcast for months on end, but today is the day where we get to hear from one of my OG homegirls, Megan Geyer of Southern Magnolia Home Inspection. Hello, how are you? Abby, thank you for having me. Sorry, my schedule is hard to pin down. No, but... mine has been nuts too. And you are a very busy business lady, which we will dig into. But just to give everybody who doesn't know Megan a little sneak peek, she has almost 20 years experience in the home building industry. She spent the first 15 years of her career working for a national home builder as a project manager and warranty manager. And in the last three years, founded her own company, which is incredible, doing home inspections. And I have to say, as one of the, I always joke that I worked in home building for what, 17 years and I know five women in construction and Megan is one of my five. Yay. So <laughs> we need more of them. So I hope listening to Megan's story today helps inspire one of you out there to carve a path for yourself, to see yourself in this industry that needs more ladies and needs more women specifically on the construction and trade side as well. So Megan, again, thank you for being here. Uh, I want to start with the age old question of just how did you even get in this industry? What was like, oh yes, I'm going to go build houses. How did that happen for you? Right. Well, this is one of my favorite stories to tell. So thank you for asking. My daughter actually just did a school project on what was a defining moment in my life. So <clears throat> be prepared. It's not short. Um, okay. just kidding. Roll with it. No, go for it. <laughs> Dish it. We want so, to hear. <laughs> so when I, um, growing up, my dad built our own house and he and I used to spend every Saturday morning watching this old house with Norb Abrams and Bob, um, Vila. And I just, I always loved the industry. Um, but when I was in college, I loved bartending and I <laughs> wanted to move to Florida to be a bartender after college for a year, uh, before I moved home to take over my parents' ice cream business. And my parents who had very graciously paid for me to go to college, uh, were a little, little less than thrilled with that plan. Yeah. Um, so they made me promise to go on one interview and if I didn't get the job, great, but at least I tried. So I said, okay, <laughs> career fair was coming up. Um, it was October of my senior year. So I went down to express, you know, bought the editor pants that probably all of us have from that time frame. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you express. This is not sponsored yep. by express, but thank you for providing college students with what they thought was acceptable interview wear. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I went to the career fair. So I strolled through and the table that I ended up stopping at had 
we'll just be honest, the most cute boys at it. And I chatted <laughs> them up and turns out they were for a home builder. So I picked the farthest South location, which was Charlotte at the time and said, sure, I'll interview. What the heck? I didn't even know what I was interviewing for, honestly. <laughs> um, so the next day I went in for my interview and it was for a sales position. Um, and so halfway through this interview, I looked at the woman who probably thought I was crazy and I was like, I, I don't want to do this job. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, what? It's like, <laughs> I just I can't really see myself sitting inside. I don't really want to work weekends. So more power to you guys for doing that. All these salespeople <laughs> listening. Um, I was like, what, what other options do you have? Uh, she's like, well, we, we, we have a project manager position It's for an entry-level production supervisor. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Let's do that. So we halfway through the interview switched gears and I ended up interviewing for the role to build houses. Um, walked out of there saying, well, there's no way in heck they're going to hire me or call me back. Well, sure enough, I got a call to come back, take the personality test, which I apparently like was flawless on because then they called me and said, we want to fly you to Charlotte. And I was like, you want to what? <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, okay. Now in my mind, still thinking there is 0% chance they are going to hire me because I'm a girl. Um, so I flew to Charlotte. I never been to Charlotte. <laughs> And I went on the interview dinner, which was one of the most highly attended interview dinners that has ever existed. And the next day I had my four person panel interview. And the whole time I was just very laid back and very myself because once again, I'm like, there's no way they're going to hire me. They had well, never and you wanted hired. to bartend. You're like, I'm just, doing I really, I just wanted dad. to go to Florida. Like, yeah. I really bartend. just wanted to be a bartender. <laughs> so, um, you know, the whole time I'm interviewing, I was just, I just didn't think it would happen. They had never hired a female out of college for a production supervisor position wow. before. So I flew home thinking, oh, I had, that went pretty well, I guess. And a couple of days later, I got a phone call that they wanted to hire me for a production supervisor job in Charlotte. And I was like, oh, hi, uh, I, I'm going to need to call you back. <laughs> so, needless to say, I, uh, I left New Jersey right after school. I, I had a job at the beginning of my senior year of college. I bought a house before I graduated. Um, and I, I've been in Charlotte ever since. But yeah, how I got hired was um, really on a whim. <laughs> that is crazy. I love that story, though, like from cute boys to bartending <laughs> to dad being like, you just have to at least interview somewhere. Um, but also that you did have this like previous passion from seeing your own home get built and watching these shows. Um, I remember watching Bob Vila too, when I was younger, like that's such a funny, like core memory. Right. Um, yeah. but to me, it was like, it didn't spark much for me. Right. But that's interesting that that sparked something for you. And then like kind of how that built and planted a seed and, and took you to where you were. So tell me, okay. So first female graduate college graduate coming into this role was it company-wide that you were the first female that they hired from college um for that job that's what they said that is insane I mean I believe <laughs> it because again worked 17 years yep. met all of five women um you being one of them and then you know we both know Emily as well she's one of the five so that's crazy so talk to me about like that and I didn't prep you for this at all so I apologize but like what was like your first couple months like were you like oh shit what did I do or were you like oh my god this is amazing and so grateful like when did you realize that this wasn't something you were well, just kind of like peace out on but that maybe you found a love for so I will say my biggest fear and I can say this because it's mostly women was where am I going to go to the bathroom um yeah, yeah. who wants to go in a porta potty 
Yeah. And I did not ever, which I will tell you when I first got my own trailer, when I got promoted, I had the plumber come and put a, I, I, I put a bathroom in. Good for you. Well, you um, know people, but, right? You happen to know yeah. people who can actually yes, install like. real toilets. So <laughs> might as well take advantage of those. That's connections. right. Um, it was, I definitely felt like when I first started that I had to be a hard ass. Um, and I very quickly learned after getting into it with a flooring guy. That was not the way to go. Um, and so I, I pretty much dropped that within the first few months because I realized that's not who I was. That's not really how I wanted to perform. And um, that's just, I needed to be more of myself. And so I always had really high standards. I still do. Um, but I held my subcontractors to those same high standards. But I was always super friendly, very cordial, big on manners. And uh, I apologize. My dog is barking in the background. You're fine, you're fine. <laughs> um, but you know, I was definitely different than some of the the gruffness I can say of the the men. You know, when I could ask for something and someone else could ask for something, and the guys would do it for me. Now, when I first started, you know, I was definitely the um, I kind of were. You know, it was like, oh, people aren't doing it because you're a girl. But I can tell you that wears off. And if you don't know what you're doing and you, you can't back it up with the knowledge, people are going to stop doing stuff just because you're a girl. Um, the hardest part though, for me was every time we got a new contractor or every time I had a customer who maybe was a little bit older than I was, remember I was 22. So pretty much every customer was older than me. Um, you constantly had to reprove yourself and that followed me throughout my career, 15 years there. And Honestly, now even still sometimes I constantly have to reprove myself to everybody. You know, I've go to, I know we didn't talk about what I do now, but you know, I'll still go now some places and a little bit of like, oh, you're a woman. Like, oh, I had no idea. <laughs> Thank you so much for letting me know. <laughs> hey, my groundbreaking news. I'm a woman. Yes. This, is, this is mind blowing. People. Yeah. Right. So I, mean, I imagine terrific. that would be the hardest thing for me is that like, that feeling like you have to prove yourself or, or feeling like, you know, for me, I did that baby stint in land. And even then, because it's such a male dominated field, people will be like, well, where, where's your boss? Or like what happened to so-and-so insert male counterparts name? Like there was just this like distrust because it was, it kind of shocked people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love to hear that you were able to hold your own be yourself in that role and still get success, if not even maybe more success than, you know, there's like this, there's like this stereotypical project manager that's like cursing at vendors. And I know that like, <laughs> that's not everybody, but it was some of them. There's a, reason why, there's a reason why there's that stereotype. Like I've been on plenty of job sites where I've heard things I rather not hear, but there's truth to like, you attract more, you know, flies with honey. Like you can, as long as you're holding your own, you have that knowledge base and you're, you're standing confidently in that. Um, we can be more effective being empathetic and being kind and being considerate to the people that work with and for us. So I love that you had success kind of finding your own way in that. What do you think about like the atmosphere in terms of like the team? Like, do you feel like, okay, so it's kind of like how the subcontractors related to you, but like, how about your team and your, and your coworkers? I mean, you just kind of truly broke up the boys club. So (laughs) do you, did you sense that? Or do you feel like they were very welcoming and how did that transition kind of go for you? 
Well, in the beginning, I think the first meeting I ever went to, everybody was on pins and needles. I'll never forget walking <laughs> in that room and it was like silence. Um, and I was later told they had all been, you know, forewarned, like there's going to be a girl in here, like we can't be inappropriate language, no inappropriate jokes. And they did quickly learn that I probably had the worst sailor's mouth out of any of them. And so yeah. <laughs> once we got over that, yeah. it was, uh, that was a little bit easier. Um, you know, it wasn't, I always felt like I fit in fine with all of the guys who, when they were at my level, um, and it wasn't really until I experienced, I felt like more of the boys club until I started to get into some management roles. Um, that's really when it came out, but, you know, as for the team embracing me, they, they did. And it was, thank goodness, you know, yeah. cause you sit in that room and it can be really intimidating. Yeah. Um, but I was always the token girl, honestly. Um, it's kind of how I always felt. And even as I got into management positions, you know, my peers who were the same level as me, I was, I was a token girl, but it's still, I was always hesitant to speak up and it wasn't until I left there that I feel like I actually found my voice and not being afraid to speak in front of a group because I didn't feel like I was being, you know, judged or looked at as much, I guess if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And I felt the exact same thing. Obviously on the sales side, it is mostly women in the field, right? Like it's a of the few women that are in home building, I think 10.9% of home building is women. So that's the stat of that, like 3% of skilled trades and, and field, you know, production supervisors, all that is women. So it's only 3% there. And then it's 14% in leadership. So as you rise, it's definitely that different dynamic again. Um, so talk to us a little bit. I have so many questions for you. So I'm trying to pick the right one, but talk to us a little bit about why you decided to transition and kind of go out on your own and kind of how that transition's been for you. Yeah. Um, so much like a lot of people in COVID came and I didn't get laid off. I was very fortunate, but I did get the chance to work from home for three months before they, I was a warranty manager at the time. And so we weren't going into people's houses. Um, and it was kind of like, well, what other work can we make you do for <laughs> this time being? Uh, so I got to be home for three weeks, which was incredible. And, you know, before COVID, I had um, one daughter in elementary school, daughter in preschool. And my job was sometimes up to an hour away. So we were, I was gone for 60 hours a week between commuting and working. My kids were pulling almost 12 hour days between school and after school care and daycare. And it was just a lot. And so those three weeks we got to be home, I was just like, oh, like I breathe. I felt like I took a breath for like the first time. And I don't know how old my daughter is, probably eight years or something. Yeah. And um, it was kind of just like, all right, well, how can I make this happen more often? <laughs> and I had toyed with the idea for a few years of becoming a home inspector. It felt like a natural path for me. Um, and I called one of the online training companies. Of course, they were having a sale that ended that day. And I was like, well, I feel like that's, a, <laughs> I don't know about that, but sure. I'm going to say sales urgency money. must find know, out that last day. Your I life could change if you say yes today. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I told him, he was like, well, you did a very good job with your sales pitch. I will bite. So I bought the software and um, called my family. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to be a home inspector. And they're like, oh, okay, sure, Meg. Um, so I took 
six months. Um, it took me about a month and a half to do the training online because it was, I can't remember, I think it's 200 hours or 120 hours or something, but I was still working um, full time. I did that. And then I decided to get my South Carolina license. So I took the test, I started my business. I did all this stuff in the background. Um, but it was six months later then that I Actually, it was five months later that I gave my notice, but they managed to get me to stay for longer than I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably still be there had they gotten their way. <laughs> <laughs> one more month, Meg, one more month. Um, yeah. But, you yeah, know, it just was a it was a natural transition for me. Um, had I not done construction before, I would not have felt comfortable, you know, moving into this industry. Yeah. What has been I think that's an incredible story. And I think your story is not, you're not alone in that. And I mean, the exact same thing happened to me and why I decided to go out on my entrepreneurial journey and seeing people like you take the leap before me gave me courage. So thank you for like paving the way for women yet again, and and being that inspiration (laughs) for me. And I just think it's so interesting because today you are still working full time. I had somebody, I had somebody ask one of our, uh, somebody else that we used to work with go, Oh, so what's Abby doing? Just like sitting at home, eating bonbons and playing with her babies. My friend was like, time out. Like she's running a business. She's getting shit done. So like, you're still running a business. You're still getting shit done. I'm sure you're still logging full-time hours, but with maybe a little bit more flexibility and intention behind. say. Um, no, there's, there's definitely, I mean, I'm going to, you know, I pick my kids up from school every day. That would definitely not have happened though. I would love for them to take the bus. Um, but there is, there is more flexibility. I sometimes feel like you're really good, or at least you portray online that you're really good about having boundaries and saying, no, I am not, that is not my strong suit. I'm like, man, I'm going to have off Friday. Sure. I can do an inspection for you on Friday afternoon. My day is open. You know, I am. I, I am not good at saying no. And I think part of that comes from a fear of what if no one calls next week and then I turn down a job this week, you know, there's always that, that lingering, you know, you have to take the work while you can get it. Um, but there is definitely more flexibility. I can say like I volunteered at my daughter's school a week and a half ago for the first time ever. I handed out donuts for a band fundraising thing that she did. And she was just so excited to have me there. Um, and that, that was the first time ever. And she's in seventh grade. <laughs> so, oh, let's see. That's so awesome that like, you're able to put yourself in that situation where you can be yes. there for her. And I mean, how powerful for your girls to see you building this business. I mean, it's all over your truck. It's not a secret what you do. It's not like the kids go to school and they have no idea what mom does. Like you're doing videos, you're, you've got your car, you know, all stickered up. And I'm sure you're telling everybody everywhere you go. And especially you serve um, for those of you listening, I know I have some viewers in market. You're in the Fort Mill area, correct? Like that's your service area. Well, I, I live in Fort Mill. Mm-hmm. I would love to only do inspections in Fort Mill, but that's not realistic. <laughs> right. um, as I quickly learned when I said I was only going to be licensed in South Carolina, that, that didn't last long. I'm licensed <laughs> in North Carolina too. Um, I have a one hour radius that okay. I tend to travel for, travel yeah. about. And it is amazing how many addresses are exactly one hour from where I live when I map them. <laughs> You're like, oh, way more than you would that think. That falls within the parameters. <laughs> I have to say yes to this. Yes. But talk to me a little bit real quick about how long it took you to get to the point where you realized in your new business that this was sustainable, like this could replace or even make more income for you than what you were making in your previous job, but also providing that flexibility. 
So I would say definitely the first six months every day I woke up and said, what the heck did I do? I left my very high income. I left my bonuses. I left my insurance and my 401k. And so there was definitely some growing pains. I was very naive, I would say, into how quickly I thought I would get business. Um, but I just didn't, I just didn't know. Uh, so for sure, six months of self-doubt and then probably at the eighth month mark, um, I was in a class and I had gotten way more calls than anybody else in that class. And I was like, Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe this is going to work out. So I would say eight months. And then I really thought, okay, I can, I can do this. Um, and then your number two came and I was much, much busier. And now your number three is here. And I lost track of how many jobs I've had to say, I'm sorry, or my availability was too far out to be able to help them. So wow. it's never a position awesome. that I want to be in. Yeah. People would say it's a good problem to have. I don't like turning anybody down, yeah. um, but it's much better than the alternative. Yeah, for sure. But that means that you found like your, your max capacity for the way that you want your business to be structured, which is awesome. And I mean, that's, that's the goal. Um, before we hopped on this call, you know, Megan was asking me how business is going. I'm like, I'm not at max yet. Right. Like that's the goal. We want to try to get to like, what's the maximum you can handle by yourself. And that's so awesome that you've been able to do that. And it sounds like a lot of your business is repeat and referrals. Is that true? Just doing a really good job from the hustle in the beginning to get your name out there. And now it's starting to pay off. It is. Um, I have a couple of realtors that I work with very regularly. Um, my, my best realtor and I just, uh, we've got our 85th inspection this week together. I mean, she is Shut a rock up. star. I mean, right? one, I know wait a second, 85 <laughs> together the last few years, like one, first of all, kudos <laughs> to you, realtor, whoever you are. That's freaking amazing. She's I incredible. How great that she's bringing you along for that journey. And I want to give you an opportunity to kind of pitch your, um, pitch your business today and kind of like share a little bit about what you do, because I think you as a home inspector have such a unique perspective, especially when it comes to new construction, um, because that was your world, right? So tell everybody a little bit about who's your ideal client and how you can help. Obviously, one hour radius from Fort Mill, <laughs> South Carolina. So sorry for anybody out of market. But tell us a little bit more about you know your services and how you could help serve, because I do have realtors that listen as well as new home agents. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I... I will say at this point, 80 to 85% of the business I do is new construction, um, which is wonderful because that is, I don't, it's not that I don't like older houses. I just, my passion lies with that new construction. I just think there's something so exciting about it. I love, you know, we didn't talk about it earlier, but project completion was my number one favorite thing about why I did what I did for so long. Um, so for me, the pre-drywall inspection is obviously crucial. Um, I tell people when they're, when they call and say, should I get this? And I, and I tell them, well, I didn't work 60 hours a week fixing nothing. Um, so yeah, yes, there you go. Get the pre-drywall inspection. Uh, there are so many things that we can find at that phase of construction that can affect the home later, whether the person is living there. But honestly, even during the finishing phases, there's a lot of stuff that I find that's going to help the builder later. Um, so it's to not delay the closing or having the drywall guys come back out a bunch of times. I am drywall repairs and stuff. So I try to really um, focus on how important that inspection is. And in my report for the pre-drywall, I include 
labeled pictures of every interior and exterior wall in the home, because I can't tell you how many times I've referenced a photo, like when the dryer vent was covered up in a house and I pulled up the pre-dryer pictures, like, this is where it is. Measure off oh, of this. That's cute. Yeah, that's, <laughs> huge. that's super helpful. Um, so those are all in there. And then new construction finals are probably one of my, I guess, biggest takers, you could say. Um, I do a lot of new construction finals. And for that one, I, I'm not the fastest inspector. And that's what I tell people, um, you know, especially on an older home, if I'm there inspecting, it's, it's for a long time, but people say, Oh, it takes you so long. I said, well, no one hires me because I'm the fastest. <laughs> and my report has a lot of information. So like, if you went and read my Google reviews, thorough is my number one. <laughs> word that said. <laughs> and it's a blessing and a curse. I will yeah. not lie. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I didn't see that your dishwasher was crooked to the counter, but I can't unsee it. So, um, but so for those, I mean, they're anywhere from three to five hours, depending on square footage. And I, you know, you test every single outlet, every single window, every single door. And I, for, um, all my roof inspections, whether it's pre-drywall or final or anything else, I use a drone for the roof. Um, I include aerial pictures of the home and property, all the roof pictures taken, um, that you can find some just, you know, tiny little pinholes through shingles. Um, and then I do one year warranty inspections, which are really similar to the final, obviously. Um, there's a lot of people I do all three inspections for. I had one last week and the week before, um, where I go to the house three times and it's incredible what you can find. And then obviously, um, residential inspections, um, for resale is, is the other 20% probably of my business. Uh, and that is older homes or any, any age home really for purchase. Nice. Yeah. It's so crazy. So when I first started selling new homes, I remember one of my trainers telling me, Oh, if somebody asks, do they need a home inspection? You can say, yeah, they have a, you have a right to one, but like it's a new house and everything's inspected by the County. And you know, like I had this whole spiel. So anybody that's bought a house for me listening, I take it back. Like you absolutely 100% (laughs) even on new construction need a home inspection. Um, I love following Megan's social media and she posts these videos of like her in the houses with this stuff that she finds in new homes. And guys, you have to remember, like, this isn't a dig on any new home builder because we all worked for them. We love them, but it's still people building houses and people make mistakes. People miss things. And so it's having this second set of eyes and having a second set of eyes that's super detailed when it comes to home inspection is really invaluable. I think for me, you know, it's, it's such a huge purchase. It's likely the largest purchase of anybody's life to buy a home and to spend, you know, a few hundred dollars to a thousand dollars, depending on the size of your home and the level of inspections to get it inspected and to get that peace of mind is kind of invaluable and kind of silly not to spend the money on. Um, especially when you know that somebody's going to be catching stuff that can, you said a few things that I think are key points of a home inspection is save you time, make sure you're not missing closing, but also save you more expenses later. Um, Because something, you know, behind the wall that maybe you can't see now, but then they have to access 
cut through drywall later, that's expensive, right? And if it's not under warranty, these things cost a lot of money. So kudos to you for what you're doing. Kudos to you for being bold and brave and going out on your own and building this business. Give yourself grace with boundaries. I'm sorry if I look like I have my shit figured out on social. I don't. I don't. I am really good at encouraging you to do a better job. Um, I mean, obviously I'm better than I ever have been, but I still have those moments too, especially as business owners, right? Where we don't want to say no to an opportunity, but that's also an intentional yes, right? Because you want you want to be profitable. You want to provide for your family. So don't, oh, okay. We can go with intentional. Yes. yes. That, that makes me feel better about don't, myself. Don't beat yourself up about it because it's not about always saying no. It's about saying, saying yes with an intention behind it. Right. So you're okay. Um, but yeah, I love this. I love everything that you're doing. Thank you so much for coming on here and sharing. If people want to find you and connect with you, where should they go? Oh, um, share my phone number right now. <laughs> yeah, if you want phone number, social, sure. whatever works for you. Yeah. Well, I, I did leave the wrong phone number on a message three times the other day, which was, you know, I'm sure they're going to call me, um, <laughs> but hopefully I'll do a better job right now. <laughs> you can always call, text, or email me. Um, it's 803-899-0540. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Southern Magnolia Inspections. Um, and you can always email me at Megan at Southern Magnolia inspections.com, which if you are going out on your own, I would highly recommend picking a shorter email address. One of my <laughs> biggest mistakes. <laughs> that is actually a really good tip. Um, I've had several people who started their own businesses say it They're like, I really wish I would have rethought my name and how I set up my email because this is like yes. a novel at the end, yeah. but well, wonderful. If if you could leave one message for any woman considering a path in home building, construction, home inspections, whatever that looks like, you know, a word of encouragement, a tip, whatever, what would you say to them from your wonderful experience? Well, I will tell you, it's not going to be short, sorry, but I will say, so my kids, my daughters don't think that any home inspector is anything but a woman. You know, so they don't believe that men build houses. They don't believe that men do home inspections. Um, you know, so I feel like I might have some <laughs> some other teaching to do there, but I feel like that's important. Um, and it's not easy. I will not lie to anybody. It is definitely not an easy industry to get into, but women are so much better at it. No offense to any men who might be listening. I had someone hire me today because he has seven older sisters and he knows women are much more detail oriented than men. Um, and so you will succeed in this role. Uh, you will succeed in any home building career because naturally we're equipped for this. We can handle all the balls in the air. We can handle all the attention to detail and we are just much more natural at all the things that are needed for this industry. I love that. So I made a few notes during our call about things that you said were important to you as a woman in the construction side. So bathrooms was the first thing, yes. which, which you are not alone in that. I've been doing a lot of research about like <laughs> what we need to provide for women if we want to bring them into the industry, right? So bathrooms and like not a porter potty, like a legit clean bathroom with running water. Okay. And then <laughs> childcare or flexibility in your schedule were huge reasons why you decided to go out on your own. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also what makes women uniquely qualified is high attention to detail, that ability to multitask, um, 
and, and juggle all of the things. So I want you, I want women to see that we do have a skill set that is unique and that does add value to this role. And I see this all the time. I follow all of these um, women now in construction sites and, and social pages and almost all of them cite that their detail, their attention to detail is what gets them clients. I think that's so amazing and unique and we need more of that. But I also wanna encourage employers who are considering, um, I've been sharing a lot of stats about how the industry is changing. So in the next eight years, 41% of the workforce is set to retire or able to, right? And when you think about that in, in the housing industry, that's mostly in skilled trades and that's mostly in leadership. So if we need, if we need more people in these roles, our biggest opportunity is women. It just is because we're just so underrepresented in this industry. So if you want to bring more women in on the field side, give them an understanding about bathrooms. <laughs> There's going to be accessible bathrooms. Let's overcome these things, but also a flexibility in the schedule. Um, you don't need to solve the child care crisis in the United States, home builders. That's a whole other conversation, but you can acknowledge that it is a problem and create uh, flexibility within that schedule to accommodate that. Um, I think that's something that we really need to be mindful of for sure as we start opening up the industry um, to more people, which we need. We need more ladies in this business, don't you think? Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Megan, thank you so much for your time today. I'll make sure I put all of her contact information in the show notes. So if you guys missed it, you don't have to go back and try to find that magic time stamp when she said her <laughs> name and address. But so happy to have you here. And I hope that you guys reach out to Megan, connect with her. And if you are in the Charlotte market and you do new home sales or real estate, please reach out to her and pick her as your home inspector of choice. All right. Bye for now. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Rise and Shine. We hope you're leaving today's conversation feeling inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to make a meaningful impact in your career and life. Remember, your journey is unique and every step you take brings you closer to your goals. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a moment of empowerment and share with a friend, somebody who you think may benefit from this episode too. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Share your thoughts, insights, and even topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes episodes by connecting with us on social media or leaving a review. Your feedback helps us tailor Rise and Shine to meet your unique needs. Until next time, keep rising, keep shining, and keep making your mark in the world of home building.